From the Financial Times in Miami, I'm John Paul Rathbone and this is FT News. The impeachment process began eight months ago, but it was only this Wednesday the Brazilian senators finally voted 61 to 20 to remove Dilma Rousseff formally from office. Michel Temer, for the past four months Brazil's interim president, now formally becomes president. The handover marks a humbling end for Brazil's first female leader and almost 14 years of leftist rule by her workers' party, the PT. With me on the line from Sao Paulo to discuss what this all means and what happens next is Joe Leahy, the FT's Brazil Bureau Chief. Hello, Joe. Well, it must have been a busy and an emotional day. Hi, JP. Yes, it certainly, certainly has been. Was it a coup d'etat by far-right forces, as Rousseff and her supporters claim? Well, JP, if it was a coup, it, it, it was probably one of the strangest coups um, that we've ever seen. I mean, uh, uh, I spoke to someone who was in Brasilia when uh, Dilma appeared this week uh, in, the, in the Senate, and there are apparently only two protesters outside. And even, uh, even in Sao Paulo, there's some protests going on, but it's hardly the kind of reaction that you would, you would expect to a military coup. I think, um, I mean, if we look at the process uh, throughout the, the entire thing, the Senate and, and the lower house of Congress have, have followed the Constitution rigorous, rigorously, and uh, the, the, the part of the process that was in the Senate was chaired by the Chief Justice, uh, Ricardo Lewandowski, so, um, who happened to have been appointed by Dilma um, to, the, to the Supreme Court. So it didn't have any of the, of the elements that you would, you would think a coup might have. Two protesters outside a room doesn't sound like a mass wave of popular support for Dilma. Um, in fact, this process has been going on for eight months when it was first initiated and Dilma was formally asked to step down four months ago while the process actually went through the courts. So if it was so long anticipated, was today's vote just a mere formality? And what really changes? Well, it, it's... Um, it... In some ways, it was a formality. It was a fait accompli. Um, Dilma was subjected to a to a vote of no confidence in in effect in the lower house um, back, uh, as you mentioned, four months ago, and that's when she was suspended. And really, the numbers haven't really changed since then. You know, the the entire political class, except for the the diehard um, PT supporters in the Congress and some of the related leftist parties, have um, have been completely in favor of, of of removing Rousseff. And and let's let's face it, she leaves a, a terrible legacy behind her. Uh, today some some more figures came out about the economy. Apparently um, in terms of uh, GDP per capita, Brazil has returned to the levels that it was in two thousand and ten before Dilma took power. So it in term in economic terms it's almost as though Dilma's government never existed. Um, it's, she's, she's ruled over the worst recession in, in, uh, in possibly in Brazil's uh, modern history. But one of the things that, um, that Dilma has, was saying is in her very passionate and actually quite emotional speech in the Senate was how the social gains of the past however many years were at risk under Michel Temer. But what you're saying is, in fact, they've already basically evaporated under her administration. Yes, that, 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 that's exactly right. What, if, you, if you look at the, the record of the PT, um, her predecessor, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, was lauded as, a, as, as, as the man who, who brought uh, distribution of wealth to Brazil, which is one of the world's most unequal countries. But since Dilma took over, in fact, her, her terrible record on, on economic uh, management has actually wiped out 
a lot of those gains. And in the process, she's she's introduced or reintroduced to Brazil budget deficits of the of the order that threaten the actual solvency of of, of the country. So, in effect, she has wiped out those gains that uh, that she claims to have produced. So that's definitely that's a damning economic record, but that doesn't mean that. Uh, the process is a happy one for Brazil. Do you think it's right to think that the remaining two years of of Dilma's term, which Temer will will serve, is that going to be a walk in the park for Tem- for Temer? After all, he's facing a heavy recession and a polarized country and quite a lot of bad feelings swilling around. Yes, Temer comes, even though the process that brought him to power was was constitutional. He comes to power with not a great deal of uh, of popularity or public legitimacy because he hasn't um, stood before a direct election, and the tasks before him are huge. You know, to repair the the damage that, that was done under the Dilma government to the economy, uh, to Brazil's largest company Petrobras, and to deal with the corruption scandal. Uh, that, to be fair uh, to Dilma, affected not only her party but also Temer's party, which is the you know the, the the scandal known as Lava Jato, um, the, the bribery scandal that affected Petrobras. So Temer has to deal with all of these things. He only has two years. He doesn't have a lot of legitimacy. So he has he has great challenges. What he does have in his favour is the fact that business in Brazil is extremely pleased to see the back of Dilma. The impeachment gives them a, a, a chance to to you know, draw a line under her uh, under her rule and and to perhaps start investing again. And he's also a great backroom. A dealer in politics, he's he's managed to assemble this uh, this um, majority in Congress that has impeached Dilma. So so let's see if he can continue to assemble these sorts of majorities to get his um, his reforms through. You 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 raised the the Petrobras probe, this investigation into massive corruption scandal at the state-owned oil company, which saw two billion dollars or so in kickbacks and has brought down several high-ranking officials. Um, in Dilma's government, also in Temer's government, and even saw Marcelo Odebrecht, a billionaire, put in jail. Um, some people thought that Temer's rise to the presidency would lead uh, to a muzzling of the probe. Do you think that will happen? And um, do you think that he and his administration remain in some sense in jeopardy if he lets it continue? This, this is the, probably the great uh, threat to Temer, he, as, as you mentioned, he, he was part of Dilma's ruling coalition, and the probe has has claimed several of his ministers and and continues uh, and is continuing. Now, if he tries to do anything to try to stop the probe or to limit it, he will burn some of his already extremely limited political capital in the eyes of the public. Uh, if he if he went so far as to to try to crack down on the on the on the probe. It's doubtful that his government would even survive. So he has to walk a tightrope between trying to seem supportive to to those in Congress who form part of his majority, but who are being subject to investigation, and on the other hand, also keeping the public, if not on side, at least not alienating them further in terms of in terms of the probe. So probably the Lava Jato probe or the the Petrobras probe is the, one of the greatest threats to his his survival uh, and to whether or not he will make it to the next elections in 2018. One chapter of uncertainty in Brazil closed and another chapter of uncertainty perhaps opened. Indeed. Thank you, Joe. Thanks very much, JP. 
And for more on this story, please go to ft.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.